Jane. Hey, Issa. <laughs> Hi, Issa. This is Under the Bleachers. We're two adults who watch and discuss movies for teens. This week, Insurgent. Divergent. Too. I was like, what? <laughs> I texted a friend being like, I'm watching Divergent 2. And he was like, oh, cool. I'm watching Elvis. <laughs> There's no re- <laughs> there, <laughs> there was no reaction to me watching Divergent 2. <laughs> In the year of our Lord, 2022. I love that he he took that text as a sign to also say what movie he's watching. Not that you obviously, like, clearly you were like, I want to talk about this because it's strange. <laughs> he was just like, movie for movie. Um, But first, Jane. Jane got up late today. I literally it's rolled so, out of bed. It's so unheard of. Usually, oh. okay, for the listeners, this is what will happen. Wait, sorry. What were you going to say? So I just said I literally rolled out of bed, but the other day I actually fell off the bed and I didn't tell you about that. Like I fell off the bed and the reason why is I slept on Walter's side of the bed and I also had to get up early for an appointment. So I'm like a little out of it and then my, like I roll over thinking I'm rolling more onto the bed and then in fact I'm on the floor and my reaction was to say, I fell off the bed. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Please I was continue. thinking about I was thinking about the cruel intentions where he like punches her oh. and she falls off. That's you. <laughs> um listeners, usually we record we like to record in the late morning to midday on a weekend and usually 10 minutes before the record. Okay, usually can you talk about your usual routine before a record, Jane? Okay. It's 7.30 a.m. I shoot out of bed. The anxiety is pulsing in my veins, and I'm upright. Um, And then I go and have, like, I walk the dog. I have breakfast. I talk to Walt. I'm like, "Mm, what am I going to do with all this time? And then I go record. (laughs) Uh, What happens to me? Let's say we're recording at uh, 11 o'clock. I wake up at 10.40. Nate has been playing a video game for about two hours. He's made me a coffee, but it's already cold. That's how far, that's how, like, late I sleep in. And I'm like, fuck, I have to be in the record in 20 minutes. So I get up, and I'm, like, a bitch to Nate for, like, 15 minutes. And then I, like, realize I'm going to make it. So then I just sit down and drink my, like, coffee that's not good anymore. Because <laughs> it's my fault. Um, but today, Jane woke up late. I did. I woke up. So I was looking classic in your bed, looking at your phone. And thankfully, Issa texted me something about the record. And I was like, oh, because I'm not. Okay. I had it in my mind. I was like, do I have time to go to the gym before I (laughs) meet Issa and Nate later today? Forgot about the record. But luckily, now I don't have to go to the gym. Jen, what were you doing last night? I went to a Halloween party in the true suburbs of New Jersey. So it was heaven for me. I talked to everyone about like, where they lived. Shockingly, some people lived in New York City. The girl that I like Whoa. became besties with lived in Manhattan. They clearly are like good friends with this guy because they drove out. I think that's awesome. Wait, let's be friends. I know, I know she's cool. I think her name is either Nicola or Nicole. Okay, well, you know, okay, Sorry. Well. well, that's like a that's a like small <laughs> distinction. And I okay, yeah. Okay. She was cool. I did find out she was 22. I did peer pressure a lot of people into telling me my age, and I got 24, 27, and 24. So I'm going to be coasting off that. I did have on a very, very blonde wig. 
Um, anyway, she was super cool. I found out she was 22. I was like, oh my God, you're Gen Z. And she was like, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like I am. That's stupid. And she, and we were like, okay, you are kind of cuss. And then she said she has a younger sister. And I was saying that having siblings can relatively make you feel part of different generations. Like my extremely millennial sister does make me feel less like a millennial sometimes, although I am. Oh, she has an older sister or a younger sister? A younger one who's 18, and she's like, she's like super Gen no, Z. No, but they're more Gen they're, She's They're both Gen Z. I was I was having this argument with someone at work, and he's tw- he was 25, I was 26, and I was like, oh, you're Gen Z. And he was like, no, I'm a millennial. And I'm like, mm, that's not true either. <laughs> like, right, right, right. You're right, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think 25 in 2022 is is cusp. But I She think was born in 1999. That's firmly Gen Z. I yeah. I think she also had, she did have like a mature energy because she was like, most people tell me I look 25 and it's not because she looked uh. <laughs> bad. She just, she did. She like looked chic, I guess. You're saying is what she I looked, her. she looked three years older than what she was. <laughs> yeah. That's like a huge difference. Um, We could be her friend. However, Nate and I have too many, Um, yeah, last night we were actually like thinking like we have too many cusper and like young friends which is maybe yes. a bad thing like i, I think know. we need to make older friends i think i'm like okay i'm glad you said we because like i think it's like a problem in me like i think no. i have a problem i maybe it's because young people are just like out and about and like sometimes old people like do things like take care of their kids well i think all the 30 year olds are in brooklyn every time i go to a bar in brooklyn i'm like holy shit this is where i'm supposed to be but i don't want to leave manhattan so um that's the problem, and I'm having a crisis about it. Should we um introduce our guest? Oh yeah, um, our guest is Nate. <laughs> it's Isa's husband <laughs> and boyfriend. Hey, girls. Oh, girls! What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Team podcast. Jane, I am trying to get into your headspace with um, like. Uh, like this morning, not remembering there was a record because uh, when did you watch this movie? On Wednesday. I'm very prepared. Okay, because I I would have been just thinking since Wednesday, like I've I've watched Insurgent Divergent two. <laughs> uh, I I can't wait to talk about it. Um, I I can't picture watching it and then being like, okay, well, that was just content I consumed normally, and uh, the rest of my week will. Uh, well, this is episode one hundred and one, so Nate that's was, what I'll say. <laughs> Nate was looking up divergent facts in the oh, morning. Oh, I'm glad. I want to um, learn. I'm here to learn. Yeah, he'll definitely teach us about being divergent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but first, Nate, we have a third question to ask you. As the sole person who's come on the pod three times so far, what? is that true? Nate, what type of teen did you want to date? Oh, when you uh, were a teen, when you were a teen. <laughs> uh, good question. Um, I'm probably just a, a a girl that's not like the other girls. Oh. Um, uh, not very refined, but um, that would have been uh, uh, someone who wants to play video games or um, probably have a cheeseburger. You know oh, what I mean? God. Yeah. So like uh, Gone Girl. So like Gone Girl. Yeah, I wanted to date um his name Rosamund Pike. Pike. You wanted to date a girl who waxed her pussy raw. <laughs> <laughs> That's More a line from that movie. 
I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just really upset. That's it's supposed to be upsetting. It's very, it's very interesting. Can you say more about like not refined? Because like there were like 30 people in your high school class. So can you say about like the range of like <laughs> yes. refinement that you that was on display? Uh, well, just the the um uh like the type of teen I wanted to date was uh more like like this specific person because there weren't a lot of uh mm. types on display mm. I mean. but there were but there were hot girls at your school yeah uh but they didn't want to date me but if they did i oh. probably would have been happy with that too oh <laughs> so i think your type the type of teen you wanted to date was any teen <laughs> yeah i think i think Damn. That Jane, okay. <laughs> do you feel like when you were in high school there was a wide range of how gone girl a cool girl like were there like people like that in your class okay the one person who's coming to mind is now a lesbian mm-hmm. you know what i mean which really tracks to me mm. i think mostly the the cool girls were like actually just sort of part of the popular crowd and like i i don't know how they actually behaved i'm sure they ate cheeseburgers but from a from like a further mm. perspective they did their hair in the morning and like they knew how to wear clothing and makeups. So they to me they looked refined. They and they waxed, also wore they purses. They waxed their pussies raw together. They waxed their pussies raw. <laughs> Wait, they wore purses? That was always a bit that's a big thing for me as someone who like when thinking about womanhood, mm. I'm like real women <laughs> wear big purses, which my is mom, not okay. true. No, but... it's it is true actually cuz my oh, okay. mom keeps trying to like give me purses of hers that like she doesn't want anymore and I'll like take it from her and be like, there's no outfit I can wear or situation I will be in or personality I can inhabit where I am enough of a woman to hold this purse. <laughs> like, I'm so glad you say that because, like, you, to me, you could, especially in that, like, pea-ish coat you have. You sort of have, like, a pea-ish coat, Yeah, right? but I think the illusion is ruined when I open my mouth. Okay, um, <laughs> I, Nate, I, uh, I wanted to ask you what you looked up this morning. You were looking up some facts. Oh, I was mainly um, just thinking about four again. Um, <laughs> Who you and... called Lore or Thor the oh, last time I saw you? Hmm? Four? You co- okay, we got dinner the other week and you were like Thor. <laughs> you were like Thor or Lore. I think it was, you called, never mind, let's cut this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Because we were looking at your summary last night and we were like, why did Jane write Thor in here? Oh, fuck. And that's because it's Nate's fault because he called him Thor. He doesn't remember. Okay, tell us what you learned about him. Oh, um, so I was thinking about Thor and uh, was trying to remember what his fears are um, because I remember that's how he's named. Um, I forgot that, that he's named after four fears. Where did I write Thor? Oh, I deleted it. Oh. Anyway. It's still my copy of the... Oh, so four fears were... Heights, shooting innocence, claustrophobia, <laughs> and his father. Um, which is exactly what my memory of it was. There's like a couple things that are, yeah, just like normal things. Uh, one that's like, why did what did that come up? Uh, <laughs> the shooting innocence one, and uh, one's his dad. No, well, to be clear, I'm really afraid of killing innocent people. To be. <laughs> Like, I really don't want to kill innocent people. 
<laughs> but like <laughs> the, the question is like, someone? why would you be in that position? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's specifically shooting innocence too. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not even necessarily like uh like I get in a car crash and I hurt my friend or uh uh or anything. It's like shooting people I don't know who haven't done anything wrong with a gun. Speaking of guns, Which, I almost I almost looked up like what was going on with guns in 2015 because this sequel It's a up gun. With guns? It is a gun heavy. <laughs> it rocks. So yeah, it is ironic that one of his uh, fears is shooting innocence. Um given the um amazing lack of uh trigger discipline <laughs> Uh, yeah, or... they are ki- they are shooting. Jane, do you remember if there were guns in the first movie? Yeah, there were guns. Oh, there had were. to. So I don't remember this, but here's the thing: this entire movie, ninety <laughs> percent of it is people pulling up guns and saying, "Hands up, drop them." That's this movie. So there has to be guns in the first one, or else something is seriously wrong. But I don't think. Yeah, but I I agree with you that like the first movie didn't feel like a shootout. In this movie, they were like, "Let's lean into it." Okay, Insurgent was released on March 20, 2015. Um, response was mixed, but everybody liked Shailene Woodley, as they should. Um, and the what I was telling Nate that was pretty exciting is that uh, they were going to have the rest of the trilogy be done in two films, just like The Hunger Games. And so the third movie called Allegiant was going to come out. Or sorry, it did come out, um, it underperformed, and then they canceled the last one. That is insane to me. Just I the, have to see the third one. I have yeah, to see I, the I third have to one. see Completely it. Like, we can't, we cannot, um, But how yeah. will we feel? How will we feel at the end of it? Oh, like not knowing what's going to happen. Not knowing. Yeah. You know, I, I wonder if I should read it. Ugh. I was, I'm going to have to read the Wikipedia. <laughs> I, I can't No, live. I'm saying, I'm saying like I might read the book. Okay, that's good. <laughs> It'll take you like forty five minutes. I definitely liked the shut up. I definitely liked the covers of these books. Um, I will say like, I I want to frame this as like this is right before Trump got elected and like what does that say and like what were they what were they thinking? But for for users or for users, for listeners who don't remember the different factions in the world of Divergent, just to um recap them. So there is abnegation, which is um the the nice people like abnegation is like you're nice and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah you're charitable selfless and yeah, yeah, yeah you run the government i think yeah yeah abnegation in the start of the series runs the government amity is peaceful and like hippie and they also grow all the food <laughs> they're farmers uh, candor is honest and they're all the lawyers yeah <laughs> but i'm um dauntless is the brave um like they like like wall climbing type, like run around soccer team type. I think their role is the cops. Yeah, and they are the cops. More and more, but I think that by design, yeah. And then Erudite is um the nerds and like the Ayn Rand <laughs> people. Oh god. <laughs> um which I, I just had to re- first of all, I was like, there's four, there's four because of like Harry Potter and like every other like teen thing. And I just had to like remind myself that there were five. Right, right, right. We is four. Oh wait, hold on. Four is based off his four fears, but is he like full divergent? Like he has all of them in him, or does he only he's, have four? He was originally mm. in Dauntless because that's how they met. But I think he's divergent. 
Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't remember. I don't know if we ever figure out how divergent he is. They, they never do, put that. Yeah, 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 yeah. We uh, have to go into that. Okay, we should get started. Let's, okay. let's get into it. After attacking abnegation, erudite leader Janine and her mind-controlled dauntless soldiers have declared martial, martial law against <laughs> the divergent, blaming them for the attack. When they find a box with all five faction symbols on it, Janine assumes it will contain data that will help end the divergent's problem. Only Divergence can open the box, so she orders all of them to be captured. Meanwhile, Divergent Triss, her Divergent boyfriend, Four, <laughs> her erudite brother, Caleb, and Dauntless Peter hide within the Amity compound, led by Joanna. Soldiers arrive and begin testing for Divergent. Peter rats out the others, but they manage to escape and jump onto a train, which is full of the factionless. A massive fight breaks out, and Caleb almost lets Triss die, but everything settles when Thor reveals his name. That's his real where, name. That's where you said Thor. I see it in my copy. There's a few dream sequences in this oh, movie that yes. um, are uh, just really distracting and uh, make you make you wonder why things are happening in a certain way at all, and then it's revealed it doesn't matter. They They play this trick like, four times throughout the film uh but we start with one uh i don't remember anything about it um the main thing i remember here is uh i can't remember why there's a big wall uh and like man they are bad at hiding uh they're hiding out with amity 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 (laughs) amity and um yeah it's just a, a wonderful place um Everyone has been lobotomized, um, and they are, they're just talking about, like, we've got to get back to Chicago and kill Janine, um, and they're, you can see their sick tattoos under their peasant garb, um, Marcus, who used to be the president, I think, is just, like, walking around shucking corn with the rest of them <laughs> and no one recognizes him oh that's four's dad yeah 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 he's who's like, afraid of and he keeps being like four like i want to be <laughs> friends with you and four's like i hate you because you because i think he like he's abusive yeah yeah. yeah yeah um but we're supposed to feel bad for him um i did like seeing octavia spencer in this movie like made me freak out because first of all it happens in the dream sequence so i felt like it was in a dream and then it flashes octavia spencer looking right down the barrel of the camera and you're like holy shit why is she in this (laughs) yeah i was also okay so the dream sequences are super confusing i'm not gonna lie i was like is this Hunger Games? Like, I was just, just like, <laughs> so confused because it's just so generic. Um, Octavia Spencer threw me through a loop. Again, like you said, the very aesthetic, like, hippies. It, it's sort of a war... Okay, it's not a war-torn area, but there's, like, a lot of conflict yes. happening at this place, and they're just living the most beautiful... It's, like, so aesthetic. They're, like, hiding in this, like, gorgeous <laughs> cabin. It's, uh... They're they're yelling, as you said, over lunch. They're just, like, yelling about their plan. And then she gives herself the best pixie cut in the entire world with big shears. She just goes on. She just clip, clip, clip. And then she comes out and she has perfect, perf- a perfectly layered pixie cut. 
I do like, so I agree with you that the Amity life seems really aesthetic and, like, peaceful, but they do, there's something weird about the way they dressed them. Like, they're dressing like they're, like, doing Habitat for Humanity in, like, the third world. Like, there's something (laughs) weird about, like, it's almost like my eyes, like, can't adjust and I feel like I'm looking at, like, a, like, documentary photographer view of something. And then the cafeteria is, like, rehab vibes because you have to, like, go up and, like, get your food and, like, say, like, a a mantra to like get yeah. your food um but like all that said like i would live there and jana i have the feeling walter would live there he he would visit it and be like ooh, but then he wouldn't i mean he's the kind of person who used to watch a lot of youtube videos about um like living Farming. off the land yeah, 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 yeah but yeah. he would never so i don't think he would actually want to live there we liked um oh go ahead Nate. I bet that food tastes like shit. <laughs> it's just, they're they're too busy like laughing and chuckling and um, uh, hugging each other uh, to season their food properly. I was gonna say, do they import just a lot of sugar corn and oatmeal? Right? Do they uh, yeah, like, do they corn. have sugar? It's uh, all corn. They, they should have made everyone fat. Okay. Um, I did say we liked the scene where they're like fighting in the cafeteria because. So something I appreciate about these movies is that they definitely do weird things with the cameras. So, like, when they start, like, getting mad in the cafeteria, the world, like, the camera starts whipping around them, like, really fast. And it's so funny. <laughs> and they're, like, holding knives. It's like, wow, I wonder who is not Amity in yeah. here. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, uh, Peter says something that is obviously going to uh, yeah, make like, her super pissed. Yeah, he's like, you killed your parents. And the... We, you enter like bullet time for a second, <laughs> just like, uh, like fully focusing on what he's saying and like the music dropping out, and you're like, okay, now we're entering battle mode, and then uh, there's, yeah, a a quick start of a fight around a table that's like pretty well choreographed. Did you like it? Yeah, I think you liked it. Um, it's insane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Triss's um state of mind in uh, the start of the movie and the entire movie is hyper-violent. And, <laughs> and nothing uh, else. And also, we don't get... It. Okay, I'm going to say that for later. What do we think about Peter? If, to me, on on this part, I'm like, he has no moral compass. And this he is has Miles n- Teller? Yes. He has, no, he has no reason for doing anything, and I think the conclusion of the movie cements that, that this character just has nothing going on and he's he just, just kind of like he's just yes yes he really is just chaos like he's like okay yeah. i'm about to fuck up their lives and then later <laughs> i'm gonna save them because why not i think like it would have it could have worked if they sort of like tied it to like maybe he's like acting out like this because he's just like so shell-shocked and like sad that like everyone's dead because like that would make sense to me that maybe he's just like why are we all like acting like it's normal to be spies and then try to kill Janine. But, like, you're right that they just made him, like, the Joker. Like, he's the Joker in the movie. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why he does anything. Um, I, I, my impression at the start of the movie was, wait, isn't he, like, a rat? Um, wasn't he the, like, the main bad, one of the bad guys in Dauntless last movie? Why is he with was them? Was he? I can't remember. Yeah. It makes, and oh. then he, uh, and at he, the yeah. first opportunity, rats them out. Um, to Eric, uh, he's just like, hey, hey, they're up here, and they're yeah. like, oh, of course he's doing that. Um, I said but- Eric. Eric looks like um, 
like a fascist Billy on the street. Like he kind of oh looks. Oh my god! He kind of looks like Billy Eichner, but like it's that forehead ridge that you're that you're referencing. <laughs> yes. I think. Yes. 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 Also, like funny that that guy is named and like they say his name a lot. Like they say Eric a lot, and like they really talk about for Eric what? Like. Um, <laughs> But, uh, uh, yeah, so then they, th- oh, they were all getting tested. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, a yes. A while after the fight. Um, COVID, COVID, anti, anti-COVID yeah. testing vibes, for sure. Um, they now have a little machine that says how divergent they are, uh, instead of needing serums or anything like that. Uh, oh, we, we got the only Octavia Spencer, like, actual scene of the movie, like, right before the attack. Right. And uh, she's like in a she's in an office that's like first of all it looks beautiful and it's attached to the stables. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I immediately as soon as I realized the horses were downstairs I was like Issa wants this office. <laughs> I also this thought house. Eric like clomps in and is trying to get them and I was like he's about to shoot the horse in the head like I'm so scared because this movie does start and like kind of is alarmingly violent for like. I don't know, like, were they trying to be... I would say Hunger Games is also violent, but not... It's not surprising like this. Like, this is like, whoa, like, what are you doing? I feel like Hunger Games, for me, the violence is really shocking, but it it serves to show what kind of society is, and, like, the the killing of children, whereas this violence just... Just see, like, it's just nothing is earned in this movie. I feel like there is no plot in this movie, and all it is is location changes. And they're just like, <laughs> we go here, and then we shoot people. And that's why you were, like, worried he was going to shoot the horse, because whenever <laughs> someone shows up, they just kill something, and that's it. I also think the pixie cut is not earned, to your point. Like, it's too Agreed. nice. <laughs> why did they... Or why I did she... Think it, like, <sighs> looks weird. I don't think it, she had her hair shoved under the wig for the whole movie uh yeah for no reason <laughs> i well, agree i read that it was because she was filming fault in our stars oh but like her hair is also short in fault in our stars it doesn't look like tinkerbell so they could have oh. just like had her do like a bob i don't know why they made it like this like punk like <laughs> i don't get it either i also don't like that he's like he doesn't tell her she looks beautiful with it like boyfriends take a note like if your girlfriend gets like an intense haircut (laughs) compliment her yeah his response basically was uh like hmm uh you must be upset about something (laughs) what are you on your period (laughs) okay let's move on let's move on okay at the factionless compound tobias greets his mother evelyn whom he still resents for leaving him with his abusive father marcus Tobias. evelyn suggests that dauntless and what did i say Tobias? Fuck. Evelyn suggests that Dauntless and Factionless unite, but Four declines. The next morning, Four and Triss head to Candor, Candor to meet up with the remaining Dauntless. Caleb, wanting to avoid war, decides to stay behind. Upon arrival, Triss and Four are arrested for the attack on Abnegation. Four pleads for a trial with the use of Candor's truth serum. The serum reveals the real events, and they are absolved, but Triss tearfully admits to killing her friend Christina's boyfriend will (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile janine realizes that not just any divergent can open the box we didn't even talk about the time cube that they discovered at the start of the movie yeah what are your thoughts infinity gauntlet um yes yes uh 
uh, it comes out of nowhere. <laughs> it's um, they lift it out of the earth in a story that seems focused on uh, Triss and uh, these dauntless folks um, uncovering the artifact that has apparently the words of the founders. Yeah, uh, it is it's very tough to fit in. <laughs> well, I like I like how Janine Janine looks at it and she's like. There's four symbols on it, therefore only a divergent... Oh, sorry, five. <laughs> Nate's just, like, holding up his fingers. <laughs> therefore, a divergent is needed to open it. And I'm like, did you try? Like, Yeah. <laughs> also, wanna, why, what if it try? just had, like, what if it just had some, like, trinkets in it? Like, she assume, she really assumes a lot from this box. Like, if I found that box mm-hmm. in my parents' house, I'd be like, oh, my great-grandparents, like, had a collection in here of, like useless items yeah or like money like, yeah like yeah like something more normal and also like what they do is they hook up like they hook up some like wire cables to so if people remember the first movie when everyone gets like sorting hat into their like personalities um you like go through a vr sequence and you fight your fear so they like hook people up to that and then like uh completing the video game is what will open the box but you have to do all five of the levels and i'm like who told you to do that like why not just try to like hit it yeah with a hammer <laughs> like, i agree what? they assume a lot they just assume a lot from this box that it, it, how do they know that um four's mother looks great she's Too also hot. she's Amazing. also very petite which to me like i know that petite women can have like huge hulking sons but <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, this woman is so small, and I'm just imagining four like somehow growing inside her. She just speaking looks, of which, she looks wait, really good. Speaking of large sons, when I was hanging out with, so my parents were in town, they were visiting, and we hung out with Nate's mom, and they were talking about like the sizes of babies, and I was like a small, I was like seven, six or seven pounds, and all of Nate's siblings were ten pounds. And Nate and Nick, the twins, together were ten pounds, oh and the doctor God. told. The doctor told his mom that if they had been allowed to grow to full size, they would also be 10 pounds. So I was like, what? (laughs) Oh, my God. That is horrific. Like, that's too big. Did your mom have uh, gestational diabetes by any chance? Not that I'm aware of. why? Because uh, my sister's husband's mom, her babies were all like 12 to 13 pounds. (laughs) And... If you have gestational diabetes, which she was never tested for because I didn't test back then, like, that's what happens. Your babies get huge. They're too big. Is it because the babies are, like, stealing all the nutrients? I have no idea. The babies are, mmm, sugar. I'm a a doctor, but I I can't answer that question. Okay. Um, Okay, sorry. We got sidetracked. So the factionless are the resistance. Um, Yes. They are led by Four's mother. Uh... Triss is terminally pissed about everything and thinking about murder all the time, but she didn't mind at all that Four uh, was hiding that he is the lost king of um, the, the the hobos. They they were factionless <laughs> on a train. This movie literally gave us uh, resistance hobos. <laughs> well, I was like, are they trying to do a thing with like homeless, like houseless people? Like, is it supposed to be like? People who are homeless, it's because, like, they couldn't fit into, like, society, like... They were like, in the first that... movie. Okay, and there's okay. still some, uh, like, we see, like, the other kind of factionless is people who just mill around, like, looking under rocks. 
Yeah, like, those were like the lepers. That's how I thought the factuals yeah. were. Like I thought <laughs> they were lepers, but these people seem like they see, as you said, resistance. Like they seem organized and purposeful. They are organized. Yeah. I had some questions. Okay, my first question is: Did you know any teens whose mom was too young and hot? Like you were like, wow, I can't believe that's their mom. Did either of you know like teens with hot moms in high school? Sure, sure. Oh! Who, who among us has not had a friend with a hot mom? So there wasn't like an iconic <gasps> one in your town. Once again, you have a very small high school. So I feel like if there were multiple hot moms, that was like very, that's extremely stimulating <laughs> in a small town. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I think in an area where people might have kids a little younger, mm. it could oh. be more common. Um I can think of one who was the mother of a classmate who was, yeah, just a known hot mom. If I remember right, she ended up uh, divorcing her husband and marrying the dad of another classmate. Hell yeah. Who looked like Brett Favre. Who's Brett oh, Favre? Wow. Um, oh, a football man. Honestly, queen. Like, yeah. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. Okay, so my parents are on the older side. Like, they're not... It's not, like, crazy old, but um, my mom had me when she was, like, 36. So for me, any mom that had their baby when she was, like, 26 is 10 years younger than my mom, and that's crazy. And one of my besties, Rebecca, to this day, I, like, see her parents, and I'm like, why are they so young? (laughs) Um, And they're super cute. So for me, a lot of parents... I was like, whoa. But there wasn't whoa. like a known hot mom, as Nate is saying. No. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm curious because I think a lot of high schools haven't. For example, one of the Patreon listeners to subscribers to our podcast, one of the bane like the bane of her existence in middle school and high school was that she transferred to our high school in like the fifth grade and everyone was like, Your mom is so fucking hot. Like everyone was like I went to an all girls school and all of us were like Holy shit, like we want to look like your mom. Oh god. Like now and forever. Britney like, Britney Snow, she's the Britney Snow of your high school. Exactly. It was very um yeah, you know what? That's a good that's a good I'm sure she'll appreciate that. That's like a compassionate thing to say. Um that was my question. Um So, uh getting back to so they walk okay. up to Candor and immediately all of their friends are there. Um, oh, yeah. outside the building. Nate, like, I, I was looking at my phone, to be honest, during the scene, and, like, they walk up to Candor, and Nate starts going, like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And I was they like, I don't know what happened. Undercover, they're undercover, supposedly, but immediately, uh, they're all like, great, our leader four is here, and we're <laughs> dauntless. And, and obviously, they're, like, running and jumping and doing parkour to see him. <laughs> Again, they are just awful at being undercover. Um, they go inside the building and they're like, how many of us are here? About 175. Uh, so just an enormous amount of, um, yeah, skipping and jumping cops uh, in this, in this lawyer building. Um, (laughs) and immediately the lawyers pull out assault rifles, uh, and escort them to see, um, Jin from Lost. The guy from Lost, yeah. The hottest man, the hottest man the in lawyer this series. King. Yeah. The hottest man in this series. Yeah, he's hot. Okay, uh, I have some problems with this. Again, okay. what? there's a ton of movement. <laughs> there's just constant movement, and it does make me wonder, like, how are they getting from one place to the other? I like to imagine that it's just like a five-minute walk between them, and they're just yeah. like, do, 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 and then they're like, hey, guys, um, I, I had the, the thought, 
it's sort of like super bad because they just like are moving along, <laughs> trekking through their night. But it's, <laughs> but in fact, it's terrible and not funny. Um, I don't understand candor because they're proud of telling the truth and yet they have a device which can force anyone to tell the truth. That's like if Dauntless had a device that can make anyone like really badass. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. they're, they, I think they use it on everyone else. So like their duty in society is to have like um, trials and they like stick the truth serum in everyone else. First of all, love corny ass like giant needle in the neck. Like love that shit. I Massive love, needle I straight a, through her larynx. I love a truth right serum. She, I love a serum. She looks like someone is like blowing cold air on the back of her neck when they jab a four inch needle like through the middle of her neck <laughs> it should poke out the other side and then just like squirt into the air whoops and, and she's like eh. i do think that it's insane that if you kill your bestie's boyfriend you don't tell him girl you have to tell your friends when you kill their boyfriends yeah you it's have also to like, tell them it's also like so they get there and they're like and she's like have you heard anything from will and immediately she's so sus she's like uh no like i have <laughs> uh who's will uh <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah yeah and it's like if she had just said like christina like i have some bad news like if she had just said like let's talk about it later i think the lie would be less insane no um, like i, I oh think you're saying you- she should have just been you're saying she should have just been like i killed him you know what she should have been like if she wanted to lie I, he's dead like <laughs> he's fucking dead dude <laughs> He's not going to call you. <laughs> Imagine dead. waiting around for your boyfriend and he's dead. This is sad. Like, I thought he was with you. Like, oh, no, I have, I have no idea what. Where. Um, yeah, it's but, so sad. Yeah, but I think, uh, honestly, with like both Amity and uh, this um, future Delaware, uh, which is what Candor is, um, <laughs> the only reason we're here is because... They were like, uh, like we have to make them go to the other places, right? We have to make them go like to the see polls, every um, one of the five factions. Oh yeah, you're right. It's we have like... to have like we have to have the amity level. We have to have the candor level. Um, mm. Yeah, to to set up the whole conflict. Uh, even though, yeah, like these two don't really play into like we really only worked like two factions into what we actually want to do with the story. So like, uh, so like, I agree that like, it makes no sense. However, I will say it's fun. Like, I will say like, I love that she had to get a needle in the neck. Also, this is the beginning of Shailene Woodley squeaking in the movie. Cause she like, (laughs) she gets so much squeaker. So first, yeah. So first she's crying cause she's like trying to resist the truth serum and from telling her that, Telling, um, from telling, uh, what's her name? Zoe Kravitz that she killed her boyfriend. And she's like. <laughs> she's just, yeah, just squirming <laughs> while they're. She's just like. <laughs> saying you have to tell the truth or it'll keep, you'll only get squeakier. If... <laughs> I, I honestly loved it. I was like hooting and hollering. And then, um. More on that later. And then at the end of this blurb, Jane, the guy from uh, a teen movie we watched recently comes out. Did you recognize who I'm talking about? Uh, No. Wait, tell he me. He is from the Sabrina Carpenter dance movie. 
he's like the kind of mean dance kid. What? The, oh, like, okay. That the, like, sounds familiar. Tall black guy who's like a really good dancer. Is they in call this him movie. Juilliard. Yes, Juilliard. He's he like comes out in the end. Okay, let's move on because like then he like because I mean he's just like a fun minor character. But I was like. Juilliard. Oh my god, good for him. Yeah, good for him. He worked in 2015. Okay. <laughs> There's an attack on Candor, with many people being struck by metal discs, and Triss <laughs> is captured. While testing the captures for their divergent level, Triss, wait, uh, they try to kill a little girl, but Triss stops him. Oh, I took out Eric. Turns out she's 100% divergent, making her the perfect subject to open the box. Four arrives to save Triss and kills Eric, and once again, they head back to the factionless base. Meanwhile, Janine is mad because no diversions have survived the five simulations needed to open the box. Peter suggests they capture Triss by exploiting her selfless abnegation upbringing. Janine activates the discs, which are a mind-controlled device that causes three people to... Oh, God. Three people to walk towards a ledge and to ask for Triss's surrender. After one person dies, there's an argument about whether Triss should be handed over. In the end, she leaves without telling Four, but not before fucking him. Nate, oh, Nate, you had a lot of problems with this, like, escape scene and, like, the, the like, um, when the, when the attack starts. Sure. Yeah, just that, um, again, the, uh, the like focus on gunplay and uh like seeming like they're uh shooting a bunch of people is is completely unearned cuz like they these guys like fly in on zip lines and are just gunning down like everyone uh and it seems like they're just massacring like uh like they break into the top of the building and a whole cult worth of women <laughs> just women in white robes run out of a door and get gunned down by the like eight um guys in tactical gear and you're like holy shit um and that i was like are these ladies having like a sleepover like why are there so many like screaming women suddenly coming out of this door it's, it's so good wild and that but there's one little girl who's like uh like Oh, uh, and um, Triss is with them, and it seems seemed like she was just hiding among their bodies, but I guess she also got shot. Uh, but then it turns out she's talking to a little girl, and they're looking at these metal discs on them. They're like, was that there before? I can't remember with this movie. <laughs> and uh, like, they haven't fallen asleep. Uh, but, but you're finding out that they're just, these guys are just running through, gunning everyone with trank guns that just look like the assault rifles that have been used elsewhere. But yeah, uh, it's we. It was very shocking because like there's all these scenes with like big hallways and like all these bodies on the floor. Yeah, and it's very awkward because like it's really violent and shocking, and they're like shooting people in the head, but it's just like putting them to sleep. Like it's so, it's so awkward. Yeah. is what I'll say. Like it's very awkward optics. Like in the in in our in our like century that we're having, and you it's know? just <laughs> tough to tell what's going on because Eric like. Uh, tests how divergent um, oh, yeah, yeah. her new friend is and sees he's not very divergent and and just like, it seems like he executes him. He just shoots him in the head. <laughs> yeah. And another guy's like, we're not we're not really doing things that way. Um, and th- But then, you know, a few uh, reversals later, um, Four shoots Eric in the head yeah. and this kills Eric. Yeah, that but, one's a real gun. But none of the other 
shooting that just happened for a while that sounded the exact same uh, was actually killing it. It's just right. It's very it's very dark. And then also like yeah. um we were we had some problems with with them referring to the people as suicides because they're not like they're not suicides because right. they're being mind controlled to to do the midsummer uh. <laughs> Uh, the thing (laughs) the midsummer old people atastupa um they're like being mind controlled to do that and then they're like the suicides did this and i'm like they're not suicide it's called murder yeah (laughs) i agree that this movie and this society is extremely dark and it, it just it feels like every person is baseline evil and violent even triss we don't really get a lot out of her. She, I, she's the weirdest protagonist because she's so passive. She's not really doing anything. She's not like she's not like changing the um, flow of the action. She just, things are just sort of happening around her, and she's kind of following for around. And that also leads me into not giving a single shit about her relationship <laughs> with four because they just. There's there's actually no conflict between them. Like they are just partners in crime. She's like, oh, you're gonna murder this guy. Whatever. I'm not even gonna say a word about it. They they're just they they have no chemistry. And then they're at the same time. And then it's very awkward because so like Four's hot mom is like in her dream. She's like Tris. Like Four is not gonna like you because you just like kill people. And then in the next scene, Four just like headshots Eric. So you're like. Clearly, he's fine. Like <laughs> he's fine with her killing people. Um, my question for you all was, what percent divergent are you? <laughs> like, oh, I guess this is the classic Sex in the City question. The, it's basically <laughs> the question is like, instead of saying you're one of the girls in Sex in the City, what percent are you that's just chaotic and always like any of them? Oh, do you guys have an answer? I'm gonna have to like Nate, do some do you schematics. Have an I don't think what any do think any real person is, or like most real people, we're all zero percent. So yeah, it's a spe- <laughs> it's more of a spectrum than they um, uh, show in the in the movie. All right, well, I'm gonna say I'm a hundred percent divergent. I think wow. I am. Okay, we should move on. I think I'm a hundred percent. I think Miles Teller is great here. I'll, I'll get into that more. Okay, let's keep going. Wait, we're gonna go. What about the sex? Oh, we can talk about the sex. All oh, I wanted great. to say is that um, it's not sexy, it's not romantic, and I read in the books that they Im- they don't have sex until like the third or fourth book, and even then it's kind of Im- implied. And I also feel like when Harry Potter turns himself into Voldemort, it was like way cooler than Triss leaving to turn herself in. Okay, I'm ready to yeah, go. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's, it's completely related to uh, what you were saying about her just being there for most things. Like, uh, as soon as the people, I mean, four is also like, so obviously you are, you're thinking you should go. Uh, and I, I want to say like, maybe don't, um, but also let's have sex. And then as soon as he falls asleep, she's like, okay, well, obviously I'm going to leave right now. And then like, she's just like, what I do next is like, I leave. I mean, Uh, classic, like men can just like fall asleep and sleep like a baby. And women got to go. Turn themselves Women into gotta Janine. go be Harry Potter. He's like, don't sacrifice yourself tonight. Okay, I'm going to bed. You better not go. I go. Okay. At so the Erudite headquarters, Triss threatens to kill herself, but stops when she sees Caleb, now fully recommitted to Erudite. Triss beats the first four simulations before she needs a little break. The next day, Triss learns that four has been captured, fails the Amity trial, and appears to die. Peter takes her body to four, 
reveals that he faked her death and assists Four in overpowering the guards. Triss opens the box and a hologram explains that the faction system was part of an experiment. The world is waiting outside for them to rejoin. Janine orders the box to be buried, but the factionalists break into the room and rescue Four and Triss. Janine and Caleb are arrested and the message is broadcast to the entire city. Hailed as a hero, Triss is eager to explore the outside world. And Evelyn kills Janine. <sighs> yeah. Um, the Caleb turn was... Um, yeah, what do you think of Anton? Kind of out of nowhere. Like, he's just such a uh, like non-factor in a lot of the early movie. Um, he's kind of getting his ass kicked on the train until he beats a guy to death and then declines to help her. There's just no no telegraphing that he didn't agree with what they were doing. No, like, he wasn't pushing back on on them saying, like, we're, we've got to kill Janine earlier. Just nothing to uh, show that he actually wanted to go back to Erudite. Um, so it, it was just like... And, and there's no indication before the end of the movie that he this isn't just a straight-up double cross yeah. like betrayal of his um yeah his i found that sister. really confusing as well and what i thought we were supposed to understand is after he kills that person he's like horrified and he's like wow this really isn't me to me that makes absolutely it makes no sense that that would be a trigger for him to go join erudite because they are clearly just as violent as anyone else i was wondering if maybe he's mind controlled he really is spineless and annoying and just like a pretty useless character i find i don't give a another shit about him um, so yeah i just kept like being confused about who is her brother and who is like her friend i just kept forgetting because none of them love like so i was like no like miles teller i was like is that her brother and he was like no no no, no. like that's like the mean one <laughs> like it's just too confusing yeah you well, can't have miles teller worked... and ansel elgort in the i know same movie. because she has been lovers with all of them at some point in movies <laughs> yes, yeah. yes yes in the expanded universe yes um, yes yes but uh yeah you liked um you liked the big gun that she had she has an enormous handgun like she she's putting a desert eagle to her head when she's it's so big like with her she, little she wrist can't lift that gun <laughs> so the, the props are a little weak uh like and and they do like earlier in the movie they do a ton of like like sprinting like a mile with a <laughs> like probably like 50 pound gun like assault <laughs> rifle just to not shoot that gun at all and drop it um so there's a lot of that kind of stuff but um i was just thinking like miles teller i think is the only one not phoning it in yeah miles teller's doing great yeah. he yeah he is uh being pretty effectively smarmy in a lot of his scenes agreed where i i think shailen woodley and ansel elgort and the other guy just I, I think they do completely fine and, uh, like, are still better than, you know, uh, are there an element that is way better than the writing or the props or the CGI or a lot of the rest of the movie, but they're, they're like, a very medium performance. Right. I think Shailene and Theo James are just, like, being hot and, like, being protagonists, yeah. and that's, like, good. Completely yeah. acceptable. Uh, yeah, and Miles Teller's going sad. a little bit beyond. They were not yeah, sad yeah, that the yeah. fourth movie got... Uh, shelled. <laughs> no, yeah, didn't no, care. No, Miles no. Teller had a line that actually made me laugh in the scene. I don't remember <laughs> the context of it, but he said what at one point, and I thought it was funny. Um, I sort of want to go into the floating chords. Like, I want some chords to go into me. Yeah, and let's me talk float. about the tests. Oh, oh, mm. sorry. You mean 
as a as I thought a you were game, saying as a I thought you were saying like I want to go into it and discuss it, but really what you meant was I want, I want to, to go be into suspended the yeah. by the cords. I want to be yeah. suspended by the cords. But also, I do want to talk about this because the simulations mean nothing to me. They are the equivalent of the dreams. They are boring. Yeah, yeah. They are They're low just fears. I don't. It's so in Hunger Games when the people are put into the games and they are like there are the big scary dogs this is real to them like this is really something they're dealing with in these sims i'm like she's fine she's floating in the cords like it doesn't there's it just doesn't matter and it's so ineffective and then she's like talking to her mom in the sim i'm like is this a spirit or is this just her mom yeah she does that she does it with the mom and with four in like the fake versions and to four she's like even though I couldn't tell you in real life, like, I'll say goodbye to you in The Sim. And I'm like, this is me, like, marrying my crush in The Sims. <laughs> like, like, that's me. <laughs> and in that way, I found it relatable. But I agree with you. Like, the tests are, I think they hit in, like, the first movie because people are like, ooh, like, I want to be sorting hat. Like, which one would I pass? But, like, here, like, so, like, the, the tests she goes through are, like, rescuing her mom, which is dauntless. Telling the mom she's scared, which is candor, because she was like, true that she, it's truth that she's scared. She talks to Four and she finds out that he's fake, which is, uh, erudite. She doesn't shoot the guy. She doesn't shoot Miles Teller, which is. Abnegation, not Amity, which I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, yeah, and then she resists, having to resist fighting is like the Amity one, I guess. But like, I also want to bring up that this sequence is the squeakiest we see Shailene Woodley. Would you like to elaborate? It's incredible. Uh, In the whole (laughs) pointless uh, action sequence uh, where she is like chasing after a floating building. uh, I think the CGI is actually pretty, pretty well. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. uh, Like she does sounds, action sounds (laughs) in this that I've never heard anything like. Uh, where she she it's kind of a yell that trails off into a like uh, it's like ah, yeah. um and it happens like three times it's while so she's good. jumping or grabbing something or like swinging around a building and it's uh, amazing it's a uh an incredible watermark to have on this film. I agree like it is a Shailene Woodley squeaky voice and I love it signature. and I think yeah I think it's a signature I think that she's iconic i think she's a good celebrity and i think that um aaron Rodgers should be so lucky you know like that's what i that's what i think who does shailene woodley date next is it another athlete is it an Maybe actor who was before aaron Rodgers? i hope it's a woman what's we, we need it we need more points woman. to make a line here yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a good point i don't remember well she dated um miles teller for a bit right no no. Or wait, no. I think they were just besties. Who did she date that she's been a co-star with? I don't know. I think she's I think she's still friends with all of them. Well, what do, what do I know? I've just seen pictures of her with Ansel, and obviously we've all seen the pictures of her, Aaron Rodgers, Miles Teller, and his wife like on oh, vacation. Guys, she likes she likes um she likes athletes. She was dating a rugby player, an Australian Fijian rugby union player. Then she said, I fall in love with human beings based on who they are, not based on what they do or what sex they are. And yet she's dated two professional athletes, so mm. eh. she's got a type. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she should 
Tom Brady. Maybe she should. Yeah. Tom Brady. I did. Oh I did say God. like. I did say like. What woman is gonna try to succeed? Um, Giselle Bunchen. Oh, that. They they hard. started divorce proceedings yesterday, Jane. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. Like what woman? I think Shailene can fix him. Yeah. <laughs> I think Shailene could, and I think that. Well. I think if, well, Tom Brady's not anti-vax, right? I think she and Aaron Rodgers both liked being anti-vax. Boy, I don't know. He might be. He probably is. He probably, like, yeah, they probably have to give it to him in, like, an organic slurry or something. Okay, I do think that, like, she, I don't think the hair looks good in this part of the movie when she's, like, running around. I think, like, they, the first reveal it looks good, and then, like, at this point in the movie, she looks like, it looks bad. Like, it looks like Amanda Bynes, she's the man, like, I don't, wig. I don't think, so here's the thing. Shailene Woodley is a beautiful woman, but I think that she's someone who looks better with long hair, and that's she's okay. a beautiful woman. <laughs> she's a beautiful woman, but she has gorgeous hair that should flow around her. I want to talk about, Jane, we've talked about this, but what were extreme hair choices you had in your teens? And Nate, I would like you to talk about your hair in your teens. Jane? I mean, I got a pixie cut. She did. (laughs) I did the Shailene Woodley, except I did not do it myself. Um, I think yours looked better because it didn't look like it with Justin Bieber highlights. Yeah, I definitely It looked insane in this movie. I do think it looked good, but I I just, there's a lot of politics with pixie cuts yeah boys don't like it no offense no offense to boys but they don't like pixie cuts i will say the boys that do like pixie cuts are cooler than the boys who don't so that's one good thing nate um (laughs) yeah uh my like late middle school uh to early high school hair was like like very uh very long uh like shoulder length uh especially around like seventh grade uh but like kind of shorter, like I had bangs, but it was a little shorter in front. Um, so it wasn't. It was a little like classic rock, like yeah, it a was a bit. it was a little eighties, um, less poofy. Yeah, well, it got very poofy. Uh, was the challenge? I did straight iron it. Uh, oh my god! Fair oh my god. Uh, <laughs> like daily, like regularly. Yeah, yeah. Oh like, my god! Because it it puffed out, and I think I just didn't have. You just needed curl. The, you just needed hair product. And also, I think the the people we were, um, like the hairdresser I was seeing, just didn't really know what to do with wavy hair. A, a guy's wavy hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and wow. uh, and also, yeah, uh, like I really wanted like like straight, like just lank punk hair. Oh wow! Like uh, dirty, like greasy punk hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was never gonna lay that way. Yeah. Um, wow. Well, okay. And then what? When did you decide to cut it to be back more mainstream? And like, what prompted that? I it kept. I kept it pretty long. Um, but just like, uh, yeah. I I didn't really have like short hair until college. So um, you were like, I'm going to college. Like it's time to do the chop. Yeah, probably. Um, but it it stayed pretty long in, um, like running cross country and stuff. I'd I'd have like, uh, decently long hair. Did you ponytail it? Like no. Who, what? Who Just, bought you the straightening you iron? Uh, mother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mom had one around. So. Oh, you just used hers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mother. <laughs> mother. <laughs> Wait, did both of you have long hair or just you? Uh, yeah. twins? Yeah, usually. So then you could straighten each other's hair. Wait, you had the same (laughs) hair? No, not not quite. 
Twins Nick are had so weird. Shorter hair. <laughs> You're not wrong. Um, also, why was his hair like a different color from yours in the pictures that I've seen? Like his hair is like bleached way he blonder. Would, uh, well, he would get highlights or get okay. a bleach sometimes. Oh my yeah. god! So it'd be lighter. I oh love my this. God. Yeah. This is the best thing ever. 2000s, I'm gonna. Yeah, I love this. I do like. I did stalk Nate when we first started dating, and when I started going farther back in the Facebook photos photos of nate and like being like oh there's the hair it's coming it was very um i mean it was just very uh intense that's yeah. just, yeah. it's all it's all there Jay, i don't like, i don't like, yeah life is recorded as <laughs> nate onwards i don't have a very fun like dramatic hair story the only thing i did with my hair in my teens was getting side bangs and i didn't like how they looked that's it i was wondering at the start if she would just like pick up scissors and be like i wonder would I look good with bangs? Uh. <laughs> and just like do that, but it, it wasn't time yet. Um, so, oh, I, I want to get back to the end of this movie. A yeah, little bit, yeah, 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 yeah. Because okay. um, they, uh, they do blow up, like, they, they do end the world as they know it. Yes. Because <laughs> um, they are, uh, what's her name? Janine is convinced that there are words from the founders in the box. That say to genocide, like, the divergence. She's like, the founders yeah. are going to tell me to, like, kill all the divergence. Yeah, and um, Triss is like, I don't think that's what it is, but but we're not going to escape. I have to open this box to see what it is, because I don't think it's that. And it turns out it is words from the founders, uh, who are just saying, like, yeah, your whole uh, life here is... An, an experiment and a lie. Yeah, they did the tweet that's like, congratulations, this has been a 10-year experiment by the Harvard Business School. Like, you have now concluded the experiment. Like, that's the end of the movie. And I screamed. I screamed. It's a 200-year experiment. <laughs> Apparently, a door opens in the wall somewhere in the distance, and everyone is just chuckling in the streets and starts walking towards it. Uh, like, oh, time to time to walk, like, like 30 miles. Um... <laughs> Out of Chicago, uh, including all of the Amity people, everyone who's presumably been, you know, happy with the life that they've had, uh, you know, for generations. Um, no, I think the point is, like, Janine thinks people are happy and that's what key to peace is, but actually no people are sad to be put in boxes. And I saw the Amity the movie- people. <laughs> they were so happy just... <laughs> Like because they were high, shucking corn and working in the fields with a notable absence of of songs or anything that would like, <laughs> make those scenes weirder. Um, oh, Jesus, and <laughs> like they were happy, and but they're also very happy to just walk into like towards the horizon as soon as um, a hologram says that they can now leave. Yeah, to your point, Jane, about, like, maybe everything is a five-minute walk away. Like, the end of this movie is the camera flying over the nuclear wasteland and everyone's just, like, walking. Like, little dots of people are, like, walking. It's a little bit like the end of um, Us, the Jordan Peele movie Us, where, like, all the, like, scary people come out and are, like, standing over the horizon. Like, I kind of loved it and I, like, um, I do, I do want to watch the next one. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, right now. What did you think, Jane? Um, I guess I was sort of surprised, but at the same time, like, duh, like, obviously this, there's some, something bigger happening and yeah, I'm just excited to see what the world is. I like the idea of them going out into the world and it's just like extremely normal and like, and like no one has been paying attention to them and they just are like, Hey, what's up? Um, but I don't think that's what will (laughs) happen. Oh, you guys are done? 
Great. Yeah, you guys finished. Good, good. Did you, did you find the divergence? <laughs> yeah. Sick, sick. We forgot about that. Uh, human testing is Can't really wait. bad. Don't do experiments on humans. What do we think? Um, so like this is, so this is a movie before Trump got elected, and the movie is saying smart people think that they are special and should run the world, when in fact, eccentric people who don't fit in. Like, weird people who don't fit in should run the world. Yeah. I is that what the movie is saying? No. So maybe <laughs> it's saying that. What I think it maybe thinks it's saying is people who care about people run the world. Because that's what Shailene Woodley's character is supposed to be. She's supposed to be selfless. That is not what the movie projects well. It, it does not successfully do that. But I think that's what yeah. it's trying to do. I think the movie's trying to say, like, if you don't fit in... You should. I think the the movie's saying like, if you're Jughead, yeah, if you're Jughead, you should inherit the earth. Like that's what the movie's <laughs> saying. Like you, <laughs> and I think that if you internalize the message of the movie and truly believe that, I think that it makes more sense that you would vote for Donald Trump. Donald J. Trump. <laughs> he is, yeah. He's divergent. <laughs> he is? Okay, here's the thing. You're- Donald Trump is 100% divergent. 100% divergent, I believe. And he could have opened the box, but he would have no interest in opening the oh, box. Oh, not at all. And I, d- I think we've cracked it. I think we've cracked yeah. why Hillary lost. I think this movie encapsulated something very... Everybody wanted to be 100% divergent, but guess what? Only some people are 100% divergent when you test them with the needle. Most of us are like 40%. There's someone that was like 10%. Yeah. I was like, okay, shouldn't that person just like be in a house? Like, yeah, for <laughs> like, real. That's like not even divergent. I feel <laughs> like, like Hillary would have thought she could have opened the box and then she would have gotten that nosebleed and died. Is Hillary Janine? I don't think so because okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> that, we're, that, we're just she- going too far. Okay, okay. What were you going to say? She is she is erudite. Um, Hillary wishes she looked as good as Kate Winslet as villain. She looks incredible. Kate Winslet looks gorgeous. I think I think Kate Winslet as villain is good because she has a very intense face. She is hot, but like corporate. Like I think <laughs> she yeah I think she looks great. I think it's a good casting. Yeah, and my only other thought here is um, uh, if if you're familiar with Attack on Titan, uh, mm. is that uh, it's the same as this. Uh, and Triss is Aaron. Um, Triss is Aaron. Yeah, yeah, this is an anime, so Jane doesn't understand. Yeah. But this is Attack on Titan, and I also forgot why there was a wall. So in the first movie, do they establish that the wall is like keeping nuclear wasteland out? Yeah, I don't know. Don't remember. Don't care. Okay, uh, we've come to the end where we each answer three questions, and Nate, you can go first. The first is: Is this movie good or bad? It's bad. <laughs> It's not good. It's bad. There, I think what really sticks out to me is just that the protagonist, Tris, just has no... She's so passive and she's just kind of being like booped around from location to location. And then the ending just like happens. I just... It's really bad. I think they thought that this movie would be like a good filler movie to set up for the finale. And like to that point, like why not just like... Make the two other movies back to back so that there's no chance to cancel the other one. Right. Like they should have thought about this. They like do, isn't that what they do 
Like I thought so. I think I like with, with Hobbit with anything. I think they they usually like greenlight those last two together and make them at the same time. Even like shoot them at the same time and like just stagger them in post and stagger the releases. But I I don't see how you break it up and don't have that last one in the bag. I agree, and I also think like. I, I would dare to say that, like, if they made this now, like, with the amount they do series now, like, I think the whole thing would get made because, like, we just, like, make all the series now and we don't care if people are, like, enough, enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, um, yeah. The second question is, do you like this movie? Yeah! <laughs> Not as much as I like the first one. I, di- okay. I didn't. I will be honest. I didn't like it, but as I've said, I do need to watch the third one. So whatever that means, <laughs> that's how I feel about it. I would say that I like this more than the first one. I thought this was more ridiculous. I thought the guns were really funny. I love um, Daniel Day Kim or Jin from Lost. I think he's the sexiest man alive. I think he like, I think like a lot of this movie just hit for me. And in a, like this movie is like why I like this podcast. And like, I think the moment I saw Octavia Spencer and like started screaming like that she was in this movie, looking like she is in, um... That movie with Emma Stone about like help? race and like, yeah, <laughs> she's like looking so serious. Oh wait, she has a line that you were talking about where she's like, yeah, like I like believe me, like I know what it's like for your whole family to be killed. Uh, believe me, and they don't <laughs> expound on that at all. <laughs> she just says it like you. You will just have to believe her. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think she's great. Like I was saying, Miles Teller's great. I, I think all the acting is just fine. They do these funny um, camera things where they like, I don't know if you noticed, Jane, they do it in the end too to show Janine. They're like, it's like far away and then the camera goes and like zooms in and it's like her face through the keyhole. Like it's so fun. They, like they, I love it so much. Yeah, that wide zoom to like, like real, like super close up. They do it two or three <laughs> yeah. times. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with any of that. The CGI is okay. It's, there's too much of it. Uh, the screenplay and the source material probably are complete trash. I might and, read it. Okay, um, the third question is, what type of teen is this movie for? I, I think any teen that doesn't feel like they fit fully into one thing, which is yeah. almost all teens. Ugh. Yeah, Jane. Ugh. I guess if you've read the book or if you really like Hunger Games and you're just like craving another dystopian movie. Yeah. I, I and I think that's it's if you if you are the type of teen who thinks a lot about how you don't fit into Yeah. I don't fit into any of these groups. I also feel like if you're a girl and you like books like Hunger Games and like dystopia and like having deep conversations about YA dystopia and then you're dating a guy and like he just likes to play video game shoot bang bang then like you guys should watch this on a date because you can find common ground because all the guns are really big that's Halo my guns yeah yeah that's my um that's my hypothesis um Nate what are you watching these days um been watching industry uh we wrapped up uh game of thrones uh Fire and Blood last week. What did you think of the fin- finale for Game of Thrones? Um, uh, there was a, a very good boy, one of the dragons. I love the dragons in the in the new series. I don't think it's, like, there's nothing that great about the writing, but the 
variety of dragons is fun. Yeah, they got a cool designer, because you were telling me that, like, in the books, all the dragons look different or, like, are described differently, and I think they, like, did that pretty well. Even though I think the CGI will age badly, like, it's clear to me that the dragons all look different, and, like, the little baby dragon, like, is really cute. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah. at least they're doing something with each of them. Like, this one's, like, long and fucked up. Uh, This one's the most beautiful dragon. (laughs) Uh, This one's just a little guy. Um, Jane, so that's fun. Jane, what are you watching? I finished Tell Me Lies <laughs> yes. after Issa encouraged it, and I did. I found the ending <laughs> like fun and like laughably twisty and stupid. And then I read an interview with a person who I guess either wrote it or directed it. I think oh, wrote it, and she was like, yeah. "They're like." what like what made you decide to do this ending she was like i just thought of the craziest worst thing like most surprising thing ever and that's exactly how the show feels it doesn't feel like there's any necessarily like true character um development in the sense of like oh what would this character do it's just like what would be insane and so for that reason it's fun i agree with that i think like the ending is just like what's the most insane ending but I think it's fun because that's what One Tree Hill used to be like, and so we don't have that anymore. So what the what the show does is for, like, the first nine episodes, it's, like, character studies on, like, each of these characters. And I told Jane my theory about that show is that if you watch Tell Me Lies, which for, it's, like, a great drama, but if you watch it, it's, like, it's very soapy, and all of the characters are on a spectrum of how evil they are and how weak they are. And I think the two main characters are both very weak and very evil, but a lot of the other friends are, like, either weak or evil or, like, one of the two only. Or some people are, like, evil but strong, like the hot girl Diana. She's evil, but she's strong. And so, like, I think that is how you should watch the show. And then the end, it's, as Jane said, what's the craziest thing that could happen that would make this go on for ten more seasons? Mm. And I think that's genius. I think that's TV. Like, that's... To my mind, perfect soapy TV. Yeah, I do think that the main guy is a psychopath, like actually. Like I think that he is right. a sociopath or whatever the right term is. I think I think that the show is trying to be like, here's a guy who's weak and evil. Here's a girl who's weak and evil. When a girl is weak and evil, she gets her heart broken. When a guy is weak and evil, really fucking bad things happen and like people die and shit mm-hmm. and like he doesn't take accountability for his actions. And that's a good message. <laughs> I saw a lot of this show over uh, over your shoulder, basically, and uh, when when I saw the final scene, I thought, like, this could just end here, like, uh, like this gives you a plausible like like end state for everyone. Like, they could just not do any more of this, and I don't know if there's anything that would. But they should. They want to. I know that they're. I don't think that it's been um, said whether it's a second season, but I know that the director is like. Dying, thank you itching, for thank dying. you for talking. I'm glad you f- have an opinion and tell me lies. And thank you for being in this episode, Nate. My pleasure. Nate, you uh, rock. I, Is there anything that film. you want to plug? <laughs> Lift weights. Um, Dan, volunteer for uh, DSA. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about our upcoming movie, Jane? It's Mean Girls. Holy that's shit. crazy. That's that's cuckoo luku. I mean, this is like another one that like I've watched so much, much. but like hopefully, hopefully we can still find something fresh to say. And we have an incredible guest. Wow. The more we talk about it, the more I'm like, I bet this will get postponed. (laughs) I hope not, though. Jane's like, please. Her face is like, please. Please. Will you watch? Will you watch any? 
Do you watch Mean Girls? Oh, yeah. Do you like it? I've seen it a couple times. A couple of times? Okay, that was Under the Bleachers, our podcast about teen content. We would love if you hit that subscribe button whatever way you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and leave a review. And please, share us with a friend. And with a teen. You can get in touch with us at underthebleacherspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at at bleacherteens. Also, subscribe to our Patreon to kick us some support, especially if you can't get enough and want to be on Roll Call at patreon.com slash underthebleacherspod. Okay, we will see you next time. Under Under the the Bleachers! Bleachers!